0: the light treason news everyone pop culture politics and a sprinkle of treason i'm your host allison kilkenny i hope you're having a wonderful weekend it is hot and i just had to turn off the air conditioner so now it's a race against my own body turning against me and uh me fainting so we're gonna power through this episode it's gonna be fine you don't have to be afraid for me My body will be just fine. Um, Yeah, I wanted to dive right into some Patreon messages we had. If you're new to the show, here's what happens. We bullshit up top. We mostly talk about pop culture, but we also get into some bad news. But don't worry, we end every episode with good news so you can go into the rest of your weekend. Feeling kind of okay. Do you remember feeling kind of okay? I don't. I went to a bar last night and not a single person was wearing a mask, which coincidentally has been every nightmare and every dream I've had over the course of the past two years. Didn't know whether to feel existential dread or um, maybe a, a glimmer of hope. I didn't know what to do. So I just sort of uh, sat among a group of unmasked adults And spun out for a while, and it was very fun. New York is back, baby. You know how I know that? Because street harassment is back. And I just want to say to the street harassers out there, because I know you listen to this show religiously, you have to step up your game, okay? And here's why. We all almost died, so the same old bullshit isn't going to cut it anymore. Here's what I'm talking about specifically. And if you live in a city... Um, you've probably seen this happen or this has happened to you. The wave, when a man just waves at you, like a futile, desperate sort of flagging you down. What am I supposed to do? And like, I honestly feel like you're trying to hail a taxi. Should I pull over? And then what? What are you going to say to me that's going to woo me? It's just, it's, it's, and I can't think of a different word for it. It's lazy. You know you're not exerting much effort and and to his friend who was also there just yelling "Miss Miss from the steps of your building, what the hell is that same deal you're not you're not being creative in your street harassment here's Here's something you shouldn't street harass anyone right, but obviously you are ignoring that societal um I was gonna say agreement, but clearly we don't have an agreement <laughs> on that matter. But you know, you've you've committed that you're a street har- harasser. Okay. You gotta up your craft, you know? Because now everybody's coming out of two years of repression, suppression. And everything is bottled up. So you're competing against a million other street harassers. How are you planning to stand out? I want to see your street harassing resume. I want to see your specific skill sets. And if it's waving at random women, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here with that nonsense. Come on. I'm just saying we should demand a higher quality of street harasser. If it, if. If we have to toil in a society where street harassment is a thing, I want the best damn street harassers in the world. And frankly, New York's not cutting it right now, so I'm a little disappointed. We're early into the summer. Maybe they're just warming up. But And I'm not talking about anything creepy like touching people. No touching, because then we're in assault territory. I'm talking about your run-of-the-mill guy who has no social skills and just has to blurt something when a woman walks by what is the thing you're choosing to blurt because not all street harassment is the same sometimes you're like you know what i'm going to give that points for creativity and style and sometimes it's just real gross that's most street harassment to be honest with you all right i have to get off this subject. I'm sorry I even went there, but I haven't been outside in a while, and I sort of started to forget about street harassment, and then I was like, oh, right, I'm a, I'm a visible woman in the world, and therefore men just yell things at me, so that's exciting, um, but as you all know, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. This is a 100% listener-supported show. What does that mean? Well, for starters, you're not going to hear any commercials. Isn't that nice? You don't have to skip 30 seconds by 30 seconds on your phone. Um, don't even have to worry about doing that. Also, editorial content freedom. I get to say whatever the hell I want. And that's very exciting because I, um, I'm what they call a mouthy broad. So uh, I get to say whatever I want because of your generous contribution. So thank you for that. There are two ways you can support the show. You can go over to my Patreon, and if you do that, you get to send questions, comments, recommendations, and I'll read them on the show. You sort of get to skip the line, which is nice. I will always, always prioritize the messages from my Patreon supporters, and thanks for you supporting me. Uh, You can also go to lighttreason.news and smash the donate button if you're like, no thanks, Allison, I don't know what Patreon is. I'm not interested. No, thank you. What's a streamlined way to support you? You can just go to lighttreesand.news and not even have to worry about learning what Patreon is. So you can learn, like, math instead. Isn't that exciting? All right. So Max wrote in, hey, Allison, I'm late for this. Now, first of all, Max, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, and I should also mention that Patreon does that shitty thing much like PayPal, where they always just tell me your government name. So if at the top of any message, if you're a a new contributor, new listener, new supporter, you just want to be like, here are my pronouns. Here's the name I prefer. That would just help me out uh, because I never, ever want to dead name anyone. But um, so, Max, I'm going to stop you right now. You're not late. Here's the great thing about if you're a supporter of mine. You can send questions, comments, uh, 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 recommendations whenever you want. It's a rolling document. Isn't that nuts? There's no cutoff date, so you're not late. I wanted to recommend one band that's really dear to me. They're a New York, New Jersey natives, so maybe you've heard of them you're famously hard to peg taste wise. I am. And I don't say that to be difficult. And I don't say that to besmirch the taste of anyone else's uh, musical preferences. It's just that any truly anytime anyone has recommended music to me, uh, apart from a handful of people, you've been way off the mark. I describe myself as like, um, indie alt trash, hipster trash, you know, um, Sometimes club music, sometimes like angsty indie rock, but uh, it, it's hard. It's a hard one to uh, nail down. It's called Wor- World Inferno Friendship Society. Wow, what a great name. A. Good luck pinning a genre on them. Best I can offer is anarcho punk ska cabaret. I'm going to tell you right now, Max, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> Not a huge ska fan. I was when I was in high school, but now every time I listen to it, I only remember being in high school, and I'm like, ah, yes, Gwen Stefani. Uh, sorry, I know ska purists hate, hate, hate. No doubt. Um, last year, before the plague hit, my fiance, oh, last year before the plague hit, comma, uh, my fiance took me to see them for our first anniversary, and their music pretty much got me through all this mess. That's awesome, Max. Uh, I had never heard of them before that show, and the thought of going to another show, actually knowing the lyrics one day, was one of those things that kept me going, you know? I totally know what you mean. That doesn't look like it's ever going to happen, though. Their lead vocalist, oh my god, died unexpectedly last month because none of the good elder punks ever seemed to gain immortality. Holy shit, what a turn! Truly the sweetest guy you can meet in that scene from everything I've heard. And two weeks later, his ghost possessed me via a song called All the World is a Stage Dive to walk out of my shitty minimum wage gym job. Congratulations, Max. Anyway, highly, highly recommend them. They're on Spotify, YouTube, Bandcamp, etc., etc. Again, that is the World Inferno Friendship Society, everybody. Max, thank you for that recommendation. Took a turn, got a little sad. <laughs> I like when we get a little sad in the recommendation section. But hey, that's just reality. That's not Max's fault. That's just what fucking happened, people. He died, all right? It's very sad, but thank you for the music recommendation. Um, so, also on Patreon, Jamie writes in back with more of the bunker story. Okay, listen, I can't be bothered to recap what happened in the first part of the bunker story. You're just going to have to go back and listen to it yourselves. I can't do your homework for you. Um, I'm sorry, but it was a great first half of the story and Jamie is back with more of the bunker story. Thank you. Um, So these are just some notes. Otherwise it'll take forever. Bruce thought there was going to be a nuclear war in 2013 and the nuclear fallout would for some reason only affect that section of Ontario. Okay, I don't know what he thinks now that that hasn't happened. Well, that's the thing about conspiracy theorists, uh, my friend. They will just sort of pivot and update and be like, this is all part of the cosmic plan uh, part of the plan was me saying it was gonna the, the apocalypse was gonna happen in Ontario and then it didn't happen and that is all part of the plan this new plan you gotta believe me is the real one Ark 2 is named as such because his bunker is to be the human equivalent of Noah's Ark. makes sense there are rooms full of bunk beds separated by gender and age interesting that in the new world gender is still um a real hard line issue the rooms are also named after animals and are weirdly sexist. Go on. For example, a men's room named Bucks and a woman's Does. All right. There is a family room for, are you ready? Making families. Right next to it is a cry room. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I need a cry room. Um, I think actually having a cry room is a great, great idea. My apartment is just my cry room. Is that weird? The entire space? Uh, What a great idea. Every, every single facility should have a cry room, (laughs) which I think is just a break room. That is really what a break room is for. But let's call it a cry room. Let's be honest. The ventilation system is a bunch of garbage bags with holes cut in them taped to a compressor. Well, that just sounds like sound engineering. Do you know what I mean? Wow. There's a captain's quarters, his room. It has one of those submarine hatches on the door, so you got to spin a big, heavy wheel to get into it. I want every aspect of this bunker in my own home. When we asked what that was about, he said, in case of a mutiny. Now, here's the thing. If you find yourself working at a place that is planning for a mutiny, that's a bad sign. If your boss is like, well, you all inevitably will turn against me one day. So I need to protect myself in a fortified bunker with a huge wheel that you would see in like the safe of a bank. Because you guys are going to want to tear me limb from limb due to my behavior. Mark my words. Guaranteed. Write it down. You will try to kill me. There's an ARC 2 newspaper that explains how the bunker will save humanity. My friend still has a copy. What? I want to see it. Can you can you scan it? Can, I, can you take some pics on your smartphone? If you have a smartphone, that'd be nice. Send it in. I'll post it on the Patreon so everybody can see it. This is wild. These details are so good. Thank you for sending them in. When we told this guy we were leaving, he wanted to show us something before we left. Oh, my God. What a terrifying slash the best moment of your life. What is this guy going to show us? He brought us out to a big, beautiful waterfall on the property and told us he plans to build a language facility there because after nuclear war, I guess the leftover people forgot how to speak. All right. Not really clear on the details there. His plan was to teach the world what he calls angel tongue, which is... (laughs) Which, to quote a whole thing he wrote about, uh, is named from the biblical concept of humanity Once speaking a single language is common with the angels. In case you were wondering what this universal angel language that will save us all is, it's English. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Holy shit. Those details were amazing. What a story. And just to remind everyone, we've sort of expanded what we're asking for on Light Trees and News in terms of, we call them your party stories. This is when you meet a new group of people and it's a little awkward and you have that go-to party story in your pocket where you're like, you guys aren't going to fucking believe this. And it's the story that makes people like sort of circle around you and they're like, no way, like an amazing story. We always want those. If you have any ghost stories, Um, Just general updates, stuff you're excited about that you've accomplished or you're looking forward to. You know, happy, positive, upbeat stuff, recommendations, anything you're enjoying. We love hearing from you. So Andrew writes, I can heartily recommend the TV series We Are Lady Parts. It's a British sitcom, okay, I'll allow it, and an all-female Muslim punk band. It's funny, thoughtful, and has good music, which you can find on Spotify. You can find the show on all four in the U.K. and on Peacock in the U.S. Andrew, I'm going to say that was a perfect recommendation. You told us what it was. You told us where we could find it. You kept it short. I love it. It sounds great. We are Lady Parts. John writes in, So, my Rex for Pride Month. Just a cishet ally, so take them with a grain of salt. Might be much better out there. I'll allow it, John. But only once. <laughs> uh, would be the Owl House on Disney Plus and the long-running web series uh, w, uh, RWBY on Rooster Teeth. But also found on the platform VRV and Crunchyroll. Listen. That was a nonsense statement to me. I don't know what any of that means, but maybe it speaks to someone out there where they're like, oh yeah, Crunchyroll, where I get all of my content. They're both animated shows with positive LGBT plus representation that you will love. Pretty standard good versus evil fantasy stories. The Owl House feels very magician, apprentice slash Harry Potter, while RWBY remixes very well-known fairy tales like The Wizard of Oz, Little Red Riding Hood, Goldilocks, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, into one grand narrative that is eight seasons long and running. Not everyone likes animated shows, but if you do, you uh, these have my ringing endorsement. Great, John. I like animation. Sounds great. Just in time for Pride Month. Um, I'm also going to offer some... LGBT plus representation recommendations in a second. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um yeah, that's enough for today. I have other comments that I'll get to, so if you left them on my Patreon, don't panic. I'll get to them eventually. Just like to sprinkle them throughout episodes, but thank you so much to uh everybody who wrote in what great recommendations/party stories. We love it. All right, so time for my recommendations, and uh, listen, it's going to be a very Loki heavy recommendation section <laughs> because not only am I recommending Loki, which is on Disney Plus, um, I'm also going to recommend Ragnarok, which is on Netflix. So very Loki heavy recommendation uh, section. I apologize slash you're welcome, because both are great, and I stand by my goddamn recommendations. So let's start with Loki. Um, we're only on episode two. No spoilers. Don't worry. I'm going to talk very generally about the show if you're waiting to just binge watch it in one sitting, which is actually pretty smart, because going week to week is... a uh, a little brutal, even though I'm I'm a nerd and I really enjoy hearing people talk about the show episode by episode. So, like, I watch the episode, run to my little film and TV podcast, and I listen to the hosts unpack everything. And I'm like, ah, yes, a bunch of shit I didn't notice. You're so wise. That's probably why you host this show. Um, So very fun. I'm really, really enjoying the set design, which is very reminiscent of Mad Men. <laughs> it's got this, like, weird sort of vintage feel to it which is very very fun um and yeah Tom Hiddleston and and Owen Wilson have a great great chemistry rapport really going to enjoy watching them flirt for six weeks I hope Mobius is in it that long um but yeah it's it's a good time if you've been enjoying the Marvel TV shows if you liked WandaVision if you liked Falcon and Winter Soldier You're going to fucking love Loki. Why are you even pretending that you are not hooked to the IV drip of Marvel at this point? Why, you're too good for Loki, but you could watch WandaVision? Stop it. Stop it. You're trash. You're trash like I'm trash. Eat your garbage. Don't you complain about it. You like that garbage. All right. So... Also in recommendation, here's the thing, though. uh, I do, if I was to offer a criticism about Disney and there's, oh, my God, where could we even start, right? Death of indie filmmaking, all of that stuff. Um, But I love it. Obviously, I'm trash. I've, I've told you all this many times. But if I was to offer yet another criticism of the Disney empire... Is that, you know, Disney's a business and they want to make as much money as possible from the Marvel films. So that tends to mean no gay stuff. And sometimes they'll sort of be like, maybe gay? And that's called like queer baiting when they pull it back and they're like, not gay. Here's their hetero love interest. You thought they were gay because we know many gays like the MCU. So we'll give you a maybe. And then they're like, uh uh-uh, uh, because we want to sell this film in Russia and China. And those governments are very homophobic. So we can't do too much gay. So they'll like walk up to the gay line and then be like, no, no, no. And they do that a lot with Loki. Because Loki canonically is gender fluid, um, bisexual, uh, or pansexual if you like, um, etc, etc. Man, I keep hitting the mic and I hope you guys can't hear that. Anyway, you didn't need to know that. So... My next recommendation is sort of an answer to that annoying uh, straight washing that Disney does so much, which is Ragnarok on Netflix. Um, it is <laughs> a really cheesy, angst-filled telling of the traditional Thor and Loki story. If they were teenagers, you didn't even know you wanted it. But then you hear it, you're like, that sounds like the best thing ever. And it is. And uh, this Loki is queer as fuck and so fun and just like, yeah, unapologetically queer, which is nice because uh, after like a decade of watching Disney be like, yay, just kidding. It's nice to see a show that's like, yeah, Loki's gender fluid, pansexual. This is the canon. It's not a big deal. It's just who they are. Um, And, Uh, you love it. Don't you love it? And you're like, I do. I do love it. Now, listen, is it a bunch of like 30 year olds playing high schoolers? Yes. But that's always the case, right? In every American series, like Riverdale, if you will, we're watching a bunch of like mid to late 20 year olds playing teenagers. um, Because they have to deliver a fast paced dialogue that teenagers would never really say in a really uh, fluid, intelligent way and you need to cast adults. <laughs> so, and you're also having them like be very sexual and in scary situations. so you, you want older people to do that because um it's maybe illegal otherwise. So um this is a custom. so if you can get past watching um thirty year olds play teenagers. Just lose yourself in the fantasy world it 's so fun it 's so cheesy it 's only six episodes a season there 's two seasons on Netflix right now, and I binge watched it in truly like two days a couple days. Uh, it was so fun so if you 've checked out Ragnarok and you like it, I want to hear from you uh, hashtag light pod on all the socials we 're on twitter we 're on Instagram. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud. I, I don't really plug that a lot, but those are—that's um, how I link to the episodes in Twitter, in Twitter, on Twitter. Uh, so if you're on SoundCloud, give us a follow. I, I never ask you to do that. Of course, the best way to help the show is to subscribe and leave a nice review, and also to tell your friends about the show as well. Be like, um, if somebody's like, "Man, I really want to hear a show that like um, talks about pop culture," send them our way. Or, like, light news, you know? I, I want to listen to a news podcast, but the ones out there make me feel so sad. And it's like, I hear you. Light, treason news. That's why it's light. Um, on that note, everybody, we got to get to the part of the show that I dread. But it'll be okay, because we'll end with good news. But in the meantime, here's your bad news. <laughs> All right. So I feel like anytime I sort of start to be like, man, I really got to get out of the city. I got to move. Maybe, you know, I'm at that age now where I'm like, should I try to like buy a house? Which is hilarious, like that I could pretend like financially that's a feasible thing right now. But like, you know, you live in America, so they brainwash you and they're like, you know, by the time you're X years old, you should own a house. And you start to consider it because you're hallucinating. And I was like, where would I go if I didn't live in New York City? And and for me, at this point, I am a city rat. You know, I can't imagine ever living in a rural area. Although, never say never. She might be on a farm one day. But at least for right now, for the provisions I need, the fact that, like, you know, I just like to be in a community. You know, to be honest with you, here's here's the, the metrics for how I judge a place. Do people stare at my tattoos? And if they don't, I'm like, ah, yes, my tribe. Because you're also tattooed. And you're not going to talk to me about my tattoos. And you're not going to ask what they mean. And you're not going to touch me without my consent because you forget for a second that I'm a person and not like an interactive art exhibit for you to like turn my arm this way and that way so you can see my tattoos. Who the hell are you? So that's, I, and and frankly, that really helps narrow down where I would want to live so I'm like okay so like LA or Austin right bad news they're both on fire <laughs> or if they're not on fire they're experiencing record-breaking heat waves right now um, the the wildfire prediction map for the west is just cataclysmic it's really really bad um, across the west there's a combination of this record heat Pre existing drought conditions and dry lightning strikes. Why not? We've angered the gods. Um, and this, of course, is threatening to ignite numerous wildfires, in all likelihood, uh, record breaking wildfires. So, anytime I'm sort of like, maybe I should go to LA, someone will remind me that they're like very overdue for a society ending earthquake or they will be on fire in minutes and I'm like you know what never mind uh because there are drawbacks as much as I I really like LA and I have a lot of friends out there and like you know New Yorkers shit on LA a lot but genuinely like I think lovely people live there um but there are you know I don't want to be in a car that much and whatever you guys don't need to hear this um but yeah it it's really really terrifying and i think a lot of us were hoping coming out of the pandemic that we would sort of have if there was going to be like a glimmer of positivity at the end of this nightmare it was that maybe society would have reshuffled our priorities at the end of all of this. So maybe we would care about access to affordable health care for everybody because that was a big part of the reason that the virus spread so fast in New York City. I mean, one reason is that we live on top of each other, but also poor people can't afford to take the day off from work. So like sick people were going into work and that just added to it spreading. Um, So, you know, we were all like, oh, you know, maybe we'll be a more humane society. Maybe we'll care about things like climate change at the end of all of this. Um, Nope. (laughs) Nope. Everybody just sort of went back to business as usual. Um, Cuomo was like, New York's back open. Everyone was like, woo. And I was at a bar last night with like a hundred other assholes. Nobody had a mask on. And we were like, we're never going to die like a bunch of us had it just died. So yeah, seeing this it's like I feel like and the reason I feel like this is it's true. Every wildfire season the west is breaking records about like the 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 span of the wildfire, how how many days the wildfire raged, how early the wildfire season started. It's just like we're smashing the worst kind of records (laughs) day after day after day, year after year after year. Now it's like more than 40 million people across the West and Southwest are likely to see temperatures in their area exceed 100 degrees during the next several days. Um, So, of course, this has a lot of people talking about climate change and also what the fuck we're going to do when we have millions upon millions of climate change refugees and it's not just going to be people who are fleeing wildfires it's going to be people where i am who are fleeing like flood areas you know comparatively superstorm sandy was not as big as some of the hurricanes we're seeing batter the the coast right now and and the storms that are predicted coming up this season but it was enough to completely shut down New York City for months I mean there are still people dealing with the consequences of that storm which is insane so you would think coming out of a pandemic that has killed half a million plus people in this country, that we would try to look at the big picture and try not to be blindsided time and time again by stuff that is really easily predictable. You know, like we know that super storms are going to be an issue. We know that these fires are going to be an issue because of climate change. Is there any kind of plan for when people need to flee their homes? Where are they going to go? What are we going to do? You know? Um, I'm just posing these questions. I have no answers. (laughs) But it's just wild to me that, like, we did have this glimmer or this very, very brief window where everybody was like, we're going to change as a people because of this pandemic. We're going to be more humane. We're we're going to prioritize our health and the earth. Nobody's ever going to go back to work because capitalism does not matter. We're not going to prioritize it. And now I guess we're sending Jeff Bezos to the moon. Because we're like, thank you for not paying taxes. This is a taxpayer-funded trip. We hope you have a good time. We can't breathe because of the fires. Mr. Bezos is going to bring us back some moon rock. It's a lot of dumb shit. So speaking of dumb shit, we probably should talk about critical race theory because, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about Juneteenth in the the good news section. Although, you know, what are categories and distinct... uh, distinctions of that nature well you know the good news is sometimes also a little bit bad and the bad news is sometimes a little bit good um but not in this case in this case it's just bad news because republicans are being dumb as fuck about critical race theory and this really isn't done enough but i do applaud those in the media who force republicans to do this if you ask a lot of Republican legislators to define critical race theory, they can't do it because it's it's one of those issues that they know will just get their constituents blood boiling and they just want to whip everybody up into a frenzy and they know they can do that uh, because racism and a lot of their supporters are racist. So they just need to dangle the critical race theory in front of them and they go nuts nobody really understands <laughs> what it is but they're they don't like black people and they don't want black people's history taught in school and that's all they know so an example of this comes from alabama where there's a state representative named chris pringle great great name if i was trying to stereotype an Alabama state representative. I would name him Chris Pringle. So Chris Pringle wants to make it illegal to teach critical race theory in Alabama. So even though the 2021 Alabama legislative session ended in May, Pringle decided to pre-file his bill almost a full eight months before the next session is scheduled to start. So he's real passionate about this. But you will be shocked to know he probably doesn't really understand what critical race theory is. So a columnist for AL.com decided to call up Representative Pringle to ask him what exactly he believes this piece of anti-critical race theory legislation would do. What a great question that more journalists should do. Do you understand what you're fighting against? In response to a question about how the bill would define critical race theory, Pringle said, quote, it basically teaches that certain children are inherently bad people because of the color of their skin, period. What the fuck? No, it doesn't. Not even close, Chris Pringle. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, you truly could go on Wikipedia and find a better definition. So when asked for examples of some of the critical race theorists who have supposedly dedicated their entire academic careers to being mean to children, Pringle couldn't name a single one. This is what he said, quote, Yeah, uh, well, I can assure you I'll have to read a lot more. Okay. Uh, The only example Pringle could offer of critical race theory being put into practice during the interview was largely incoherent and clearly bullshit. This is what he said. These people, when they were doing the training programs and the the government, if you didn't buy into what they taught you 100%, they sent you away to a re-education camp. The white male executives are sent to a three-day re-education camp where they were told their white male culture wasn't there And then uh, Pringle reportedly blustered a bit about a supposed article he'd read about the phenomenon of white male executives being sent away to (laughs) re-education camps. And he continued, I introduced a very brief version of the bill to start the conversation, but it's very difficult to, in this cancel society to have a frank discussion about racism in this country and this country's history. I mean, history is being rewritten, and I'm not exactly sure of the accuracy of what's there now and what they're trying to change it into. Now, this is really interesting for two reasons. Two reasons. One is that he uses the term cancel society. So once again, I want to thank every single butthurt white male cis comedian who has popularized the term cancel culture and just handed that to the racist fucking Republicans to use anytime. Anyone tries to hold them accountable because some college students didn't like your jokes. Good work, you fucking idiots. So uh, he parades around that term. Then he also talks about rewriting history, which is really interesting because, and and maybe this is something that you'll need to explain to your conservative relatives, uh, critical race theory is not not about rewriting history. It's about acknowledging history. (laughs) So it's an academic framework that examines the role that the social construct of racism plays in shaping our political and legal institutions. It is about acknowledging the fact that institutional racism is a thing and it's negatively impacted um, not just black people, but people of color uh, in general in the United States. So it's literally critical race theory is about teaching history. And conservatives are trying to... uh, change that into, oh, no, 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 they're rewriting history. No, in fact, our current textbooks rewrite history when they fail to acknowledge slavery and racism and the Jim Crow South and stuff like redlining and institutional racism and, and sentencing disparities for crimes. That's the rewriting part. Critical race theory is like, hey, let's acknowledge our real history so we can accurately understand the world as we live in it. But you know, it's conservative, so they gotta spin everything. Um, but yeah, I just I really, really want to um say thank you to the comedians out there who are like, wow, I, I don't feel relevant or popular anymore. And uh I'm gonna throw a little hissy fit anytime someone doesn't want to laugh at my sexist, racist jokes and scream and cry about cancel culture. Good work good work and then finally because it's the bad news section listen sometimes I just want to like share my existential dread with you all because it's a safe space and I I don't even necessarily have anything articulate and I'm not like an expert on the matter I just want to be like well this is scary as fuck and we don't really talk about it I just wanted to talk a little bit about cyber security and ransomware attacks, because obviously the, the biggest recent story was the colonial pipeline, um, you know, being shut down and how like it, it was just a really revealing moment where it was like this one isolated attack on one pipeline, like fucked us for a few days. And it was sort of. One of those moments where it was like, oh, we're incredibly vulnerable. And I I just read uh, this security brief from people who know what they're talking about, about cyber attacks. And it's like, yeah, like our water supplies are incredibly vulnerable. Uh, There was an instance of a hacker who turned off the purifying system of a water facility and poisoned the water and they didn't discover it for 24 hours because a lot of people running these facilities are 1 million years old and they're like what's the internet um and there's a you know a lot of people within the government don't really understand how vulnerable we are uh, to these attacks and aren't you know hackers themselves and don't understand how this how this stuff occurs and in fact whenever they do learn of like some 12 year old hacker they're probably prosecuting him for a crime him or her, instead of like inviting them into the government to be like, can you fix this? We need our water facilities secured. Can we employ you? Are you too young? That probably violates some child labor laws. But when you turn 18, can you come back here and teach us computers? Like hire these hackers to be on the good side. Stop driving them underground. That's truly all I wanted to say about it. Like, One of these stories where it's just like, why don't we talk about this more? And not in like a fear-mongering way that becomes like anti-Russia or anti-China. Like, is it possible to talk about this stuff in a nuanced way without becoming incredibly xenophobic and nationalistic and just be like, while this is a threat, we don't want to paint an entire people as the enemy, and and we just want to protect ourselves because it is obviously an issue that pipelines and, and water treatment facilities are being attacked uh, uh, by people abroad and domestically. Americans are doing this to Americans too. So is it possible to think ahead in terms of defensive measures without being um, tribalistic or declaring war? Is that possible? I'm genuinely asking. I don't know. Uh, But on that note, everybody, it's that time of the show. We're going to end things on a positive note. Here's your good news. So as teased in the bad news section, in the good news section, uh, Juneteenth is now an official federal holiday. Um, Juneteenth commemorates obviously June 19th, 1865. That's the day that Union Army Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas and told slaves of their emancipation. People incorrectly sometimes believe that that was the day the slaves were emancipated. It actually happened earlier. It's when news reached some of the slaves in Texas that they had been freed. Um so obviously hugely important symbolic victory but as I alluded to in the bad news section, let's sprinkle a little bit of bad news on the good news. Obviously, it is only symbolic, right? In fact, a lot of people who work in uh, low-income industries, such as, like say, fast food workers, a lot of them are black people who won't even get to benefit from a federal holiday Because a lot of uh, those places of work don't acknowledge federal holidays. um, And they will just have to work through it. So uh, what I will say is, like, obviously, this is a very surface-level change. If you're going to do something to address systemic racism, obviously, you would need to address institutional racism. Things like sentencing disparities uh, voting rights being stripped away from uh, millions of black Americans, uh, the fact that uh, people who are in prison who are overwhelmingly people of color don't have the right to vote, things of that nature. You know, it's it's more difficult if you are a black person to get a mortgage to live in certain areas because of redlining, there are roughly one million ways that black people are discriminated against in this country. So while declaring Juneteenth the national holiday is good because it shows that we are acknowledging our history, critical race theory, hmm, tie in, beautiful, beautiful producing. It, it's just one tiny, tiny little step. Um But I am putting it in the good news section. Here's what I'll say. If you are a white person like myself who uh, perhaps works at a job where you are benefiting from Juneteenth being a national holiday, you got the day off, congratulations, that's great. Maybe go support a black-run business or uh, donate to uh, a black person that you're following on Twitter and learning from if they've got a, a Venmo or a Cash App in their bio. Uh, give them a donation because uh, the the quote unquote holiday is not about you. You are benefiting from it, but pause and remember what the day means, and try to be less shitty in your own life. And yeah, support a black run business or a black author, or black artist, um, in, in whatever small way you can. Everything uh, counts, right? So, also in good news. And also circling back to the healthcare discussion. <clears throat> discussion? What are you talking about, Allison? My my healthcare rant at the top of the show. Remember when I was yelling at to no one about anything and you were listening to it like this is my favorite show. I'm sure that's what you're constantly thinking when you listen to me. Like, this is my favorite show. I'm so glad I'm listening to this show right now. Every second is a miracle. So remember when I was talking about healthcare? Yeah. So the Supreme Court dismissed a challenge to the Affordable Care Act on Thursday, Um, and this is a huge deal because it will leave the law intact and save health coverage, health care coverage, for millions of Americans. Obviously, one of the Republican wet dream moments would be to repeal the ACA, but it's looking more and more like the Affordable Care Act was too big and too successful. (laughs) Truly like... um, maybe a more positive uh, too-big-to-fail. And now that millions and millions of poor people have health care coverage now, it is considerably more difficult to take it away from them. Um, And encouragingly, there were a lot of Democrats who came out when this decision was handed down who said, great, now we need to expand the ACA because obviously what a lot of people to the left of the ACA crowd wanted was Medicare for all. Um, which would be a much broader system that could help even more millions of people and would uh, curtail a lot of the shady business of the pharmaceutical industries and and stuff of that nature. And the ACA was, you know, largely a compromise with big pharma, where I think because there was the threat of Medicare for all, the pharmaceutical industry was um, much less committed to fighting the Affordable Care Act, because it was sort of like, well, it's the lesser of two evils for us, because we'll still make a shit ton of money with the ACA, whereas Medicare for All was a bigger threat to them. Having said that, this is a huge deal. Um, If you are one of the people who benefit from the Affordable Care Act, I am one of them. Um... I haven't had to pay for birth control since the ACA (laughs) was signed into law. It's a big fucking deal. If you are a person who doesn't take birth control, you might not know this. Birth control is super fucking expensive. And it's pretty fucked up that like 50% of the population has to just pay for it out of pocket. Meanwhile, you have conservatives who are like welfare queens and stop having babies. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. This shit is not free. Do you know that? Like, this is actually very expensive to keep my reproductive organs in, tr- in like, to check them, you know? Because they just want to do biologically what they want to do. So in order to stop that is costly for me. So it's been nice to not have to pay to keep that in check for so many years. It saved me thousands of dollars Um, So I am one of the Americans who benefits from, or I should say people, not Americans. One of the people who benefits from the Affordable Care Act. So very happy to see it intact. Would love to see it expanded into a more of a a Medicare for All type program. That appears to be the direction that a lot of uh, people on the left wanted pushed in. So very encouraging that the Supreme Court dismissed this challenge. And then... Because we are in Pride Month, I wanted to end things on a positive note uh, about the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, the Department of Justice says that anti-trans legislation in Arkansas and West Virginia is unconstitutional. The DOJ says that the anti-trans laws in both states violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. This is obviously great, great news West Virginia is one of the many states that has enacted a ban on trans athletes competing in sports, uh, specifically prohibiting trans athletes from competing in girls' and women's sports at the middle school, high school, and college levels. In April, Arkansas became the first state in the U.S. to pass legislation denying trans children access to basic gender-affirming medical care after the Republican-dominated legislator overrode the governor's veto. And I can't stress this enough. If you are a person who finds yourself believing that the greatest evil in the world, one that you have to devote 100% of your effort and energy and resources into fighting, is allowing trans children access to basic medical care, uh, you're evil and maybe you should just walk off a cliff. You know? If you're like, if you wake up every day and you're like, you know what I really want to do? I want to fight a child. I want to get right in their little face and be like, hey, I bet this gender-affirming medical care could save your fucking life. I'm going to spend every goddamn second of the day wrestling it out of your little hands. If you wake up every morning and that's your number one priority... Maybe walk in front of a bus. I don't know. Because you're not contributing anything positive to the world. Um, Or you are just a person who is very ignorant and susceptible. And the evil conservative of your state has convinced you this is like an issue of biblical importance. And if you don't just really ruin the life of a trans, and I can't emphasize this enough, child, child, a little baby. If you don't do that, then society will implode. Basically, so maybe you're just a dum dum. But in that case, um, I don't know. Read more. Don't be a dum dum. Maybe actually talk to trans people. And if you are working at a network or or a, a publication, a news publication, maybe actually talk to trans people and don't keep featuring transphobic legislators or activists actually talk to the people whose medical care this is going to affect. And and that is the trans children who, and again, this is not like a quick to get procedure. There's so many hurdles you have to clear as the parent of a trans child, as a trans child yourself in order to get gender affirming medical care. You have to uh, go to many, many, many psychological uh, visits. There's there's all kinds of screening that goes on because they want to make sure this is the procedure that you need and the care that you need. So by the time you get to the step where they're like, you qualify for gender-affirming medical care, you qualify for gender-affirming medical care. But the Republicans have really um, brainwashed people into thinking that like parents on a whim are getting this done for their kids. And it's like, no, these are kids who are like in distress Uh, and they need help. And this is a decision between them and their doctor, which I thought conservatives were cool with. You don't want big government up in here, do you? Oh, you do in this case. You do in this case. I'm confused about what you people want. I don't understand what your party stands for. Apparently, your party stands for fighting children. Is that, am I clear? And storming the Capitol? We're storming the Capitol, and then we're going to fight babies, right? Is that why we're all here? Why are we wearing white robes? I know why we're wearing white robes. I'm sorry. That was a dumb question. I know who we are and what we do and what we're about. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Light Treason News. I am fully sweating. It is so hot in here. I just checked the thermometer on my little uh, AC remote and it's like 90 degrees. So I'm going to go 100% sit in front of the air conditioner before I edit this episode. But I hope you have a glorious rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Light Trees and News. Hey, thanks for supporting Light Trees and News because I don't know if you know this, but it's a rough time right now for independently employed people like myself. It is a fucking nightmare. So your support means so much to me and and your support throughout the years because some of you have been listening to me for many, many years, and I I don't know how you do it, and I appreciate it. But if you are inclined in this moment to support the show, you can do it at my Patreon. You can go to lighttreason.news. Uh, And smash that donate button. My Patreon, again, is patreon.com slash it's my dang name, Allison Kilkenny. How easy is that? And, yeah, uh, please, please keep sending those um, questions, comments, recommendations, amazing stories, ghost stories. Uh Uh-oh. Spooky all year round. And I truly forget at this point what else we're asking for. Honestly, whatever interesting thing you're like, this is amazing. I got to tell Allison about it. Please send that in as well. As always, you can direct certain questions to certain co-hosts. I just can't guarantee when they'll be on the show because, listen, and I can't emphasize this enough, shit is wild right now and people got to work. So, like, there are certain people I'd love to have back on the show. They're too damn busy. Can't book them. So um, if you're patient, you can do that as well. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, I really don't play up our Instagram enough, but do go follow us over there. If there's ever a visual component to the show where I'm talking about a funny photo, funny video, you can find it at our Instagram if you don't know what the hell I'm ranting about. And yes, um, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. If you have any thoughts about today's episode or you're shy and you don't want to write into the show, that's another thing. If you ever just want to tell me something, but you're like, please don't read this on the air. That's 100% fine, too. (laughs) I won't call you out. Or if you're like, please don't use my name. Just say that at the top of the message. I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life. I'm not going to dox you fools. Um, and yeah thank you so much for listening I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Kilkenny I never mentioned that and yeah thank you so much and you know what while you're at it if you're vaxxed and you feel comfortable doing so why don't you go outside and cause a little trouble